0: 2023. Can you believe that? We're right here at the end of the year, getting ready to welcome in a new year, and we're already proclaiming that 2024 will be the best year that we've ever had yet. Can we get an amen on that tonight? hallelujah. Well, we have a whole lot of people receiving some healing tonight, and so we're just standing in faith for everybody that's at home, uh, you know, uh, receiving healing from God's Word, but we believe that they're getting it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. Uh, we've been doing this for almost two solid years, and we're going to keep speaking these words of faith in the name of Jesus. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Give the Lord some praise tonight. And you may be seated. Very good. Did everybody have a good Christmas this week? Yeah. All right. Well, we're so glad we got to do a lot of great church events this year at the Christmas season. And it's been a busy December, but we're coming close to the end here. We'll be going through a few announcements here tonight. Um, Youth group is going to be with us in the main service this evening, so they can stick in here with us and hear the Word of God. Amen. And and, uh, I believe they'll have a good time with us. And um, uh, one other big thing here is the calendars have finally come in for 2024. Yeah. And so if you've been at HDWC very long, you know this is an annual thing every year. And uh, it seems like a lot of years something seems to kind of hold things up. But I ordered these way back in November. And they they, met, they emailed me two weeks ago and said we're out of stock. I was like, you could have told me that a month ago. So they uh, anyway they gave me a, a, a different deal and uh, and so we finally got them yesterday. So these are back there at the info booth, one per family. And then on Sunday we'll make sure that the ushers pass one out to everybody here. But uh, it's got the it's got the verse for the new year on there, and it'll be our theme verse for 2024. And of course some beautiful scenic pictures on a journey through America amen, who loves beautiful pictures. All right, uh, maybe I'm the only one, but I love them. So, okay, very good. Let's get into some announcements here. We're going to keep reminding you for the next several services that uh, we did just get the carpet professionally cleaned, which was a wonderful thing. And so we're going to say no food or drink other than water in the main sanctuary. Uh, and so we appreciate your help on that. And I know uh, it, it's we haven't really enforced that for a while. And so we've uh, we've been kind of loose, uh, probably compared to a lot of places on that, but uh, only water in the sanctuary, please. Uh, we want to take care of the carpet that we just got cleaned, all right? And then uh, the HDWC t-shirts are available in the bookstore uh for $15. If you haven't gotten one yet, go ahead and grab one uh, while we've still got them. And for the whole month of December, and so Sunday will be the last day, Everything in the bookstore is 20% off. So you, this is uh, your last couple of services to take advantage of that. But you want to make sure that uh, you get in on that deal right there, okay? And then um, this coming Sunday will be New Year's Eve, as I'm sure you're well aware already. And so we will have our regular uh, Sunday morning 10 a.m. service. So be here for that. And then we will have our 6 p.m. service that night. We're going to close it out with communion, and that will be our way of closing out 2023 and welcoming in 2024 and who knows that a great way to welcome in the new year is with communion amen and doing it dedicating it to god right off the bat so we're gonna do that Let's see what else we got. Um, We have a membership class finally coming up. This probably won't be on the screen there, but it's going to be on Sunday, January 14th from 4 to 7 p.m. And so on Sunday, we'll have a sign-up sheet to start passing around. But again, membership class, if you want to be a member of High Desert Word Center, and I know you do. You know you do. You want to be one. And so it's going to be on Sunday. January 14th from 4 to 7 p.m., all right? It's a one-day class, and, uh, and you're going to love it. So we'll have the sign-up sheet out there on Sunday. And the last announcement is Financial Peace University, FPU, is also going to be starting in January on the 21st. And that is a great class to show you financial management for your personal life, doing it according to the Bible and God's way. And um, and it's going to be on Sundays at 5.30, child care is provided. And we'll have this information on the screen Sunday as well. But you can register for that at hdwc.org slash FPU, all right? And so that's a great way uh, for you to grow and uh, do things God's way. Amen? All right. Well, that is all the announcements for tonight, so who knows what time it is now? Yes, it is happy time. I'm going to have Mrs. Pastor do our Wednesday night tithes and offerings. If you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will get one to you.
1: Good evening, everybody. (coughs) Hallelujah. We can all talk, right? Amen. We're all healed, healthy, and whole, right? Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. (laughs) Tonight's Bible verse for the, our tithes and offerings is Psalms 35, 27. I'm in the New King James. This is supposed to be our attitude. It says, let them shout for joy and be glad, God says, who favor my righteous cause. Well, what is God's righteous cause? Anybody know? He came to seek and to save that which is lost. That's his righteous cause. His righteous cause is... You and I, and we've made the quality decision already, all of us in here that I know of, to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, but there's a lost and dying world out there. That's God's cause. And so, His cause takes finances, right? Like, for instance, it takes finances to run this this, this church. <laughs> You'd be amazed at the finances it takes to run this church. But you know what? And then we do things like we have Harvest Fest, and we're reaching the lost on purpose. So anyway, let me read this again. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. He doesn't have pleasure in poverty. God is not the author of poverty. God is the author of prosperity. Amen. He wants you to have more than enough. Amen. All right. Well, let's stand up and we'll say our financial faith confession and turn it over to Pastor Josh. As we bring the Lord's tithes and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously into the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
2: us at the altar and let's worship the Lord together. We're rising up from the ashes, no longer bound by chains, you gave your life for freedom. (music) i i <music> Still stands. and great is Your faithfulness, Your faithfulness. I'm still in Your hands, and this is my confidence that You never failed me. You promised it. You're faithful. Faith. you To move the mountain. This is my confidence That you never failed me Your promise still stands And great is your faithfulness Your faithfulness I'm still in your hands And this is my confidence
0: raise our hands together tonight. Lord, you are good. And we thank you that we can boldly proclaim you have never failed us. You've been of the way everything that we've been through you've been there with us lord you said you would never leave us or forsake us and we thank you that you kept your word to us we love you and we praise you jesus and i thank you that as we get into the word tonight you will speak to each person here lord you know what each person is facing or dealing with jesus and we thank you that the exact same word from heaven can speak to every single one of us no matter what our situation is we love you and we praise you we ask you to have your way this evening in this service in the name of jesus we say amen hallelujah isn't the lord good why don't you find somebody give them a nice handshake or high five maybe a nice little hug hallelujah (laughs) praise the lord Well, I don't have my full capacity voice tonight, so you'll have to pardon me if I'm not uh, <laughs> not as loud as usual, but that's all right. We're going to have a good time getting into the Word of God. As we said earlier, this is the final Wednesday night of 2023. It's hard to believe, but uh, it's been such a great year. The Lord's done a lot of great things and so many lives here and in our church, and it's just, uh, it's, it's crazy that it's gone by so fast, but God sure is good. And so tonight... Uh, we're gonna be, uh, you know, I was just praying about what to, what to teach on tonight, what to discuss, and I wanted to look at one of my favorite Psalms, and it is Psalm 18. And so that's the title tonight. It's just gonna be called Psalm 18. And I love this chapter. And while we're, while, while we're turning there, uh, the kids can be dismissed to their classes there. Their teachers are, are back there by the lobby lining up, and so the kids can get to class, but, We're gonna be talking tonight about Psalm 18. And, you know, if you know me, you know that I love the book of Psalms. It is definitely one of my favorite books of the Bible. And I know it's Old Testament. I, I read from Psalms every single day. And it always speaks to me. Uh, you know, King David wrote a lot of the Psalms, the majority of them. He didn't write all of them, but he did write the biggest portion of them. And, uh, he was just such a, such a godly man, but also a man that was just very real. If he was going through something, he wrote about it and, or, you know, made a song about it here. And, and so we get to read a little bit about, uh, about what he was dealing with at the time. And Psalm 18 is, um, a, a psalm that David wrote and the, the heading on my Bible here says, he wrote it on the day the Lord rescued him from all his enemies and from Saul. And so we can see that he was often on the run from King Saul until Saul died, uh, unfortunately. But, but that's, uh, that David didn't always have the easy street life. But he did things and stuck with God, and we see that he triumphed in the end. So let's look at Psalm eighteen, and we're gonna look at the first three verses here, and then we're gonna break some things down um through all this. But um but I, I absolutely love this. And so Psalm eighteen, starting at verse one in the NLT, David wrote this: He said, I love you, Lord. You are my strength. Who in here could say that tonight? I love you, Lord. You are my strength. I don't get my strength from anywhere else. I don't get my strength from anybody else. You, Lord, are my strength. And I believe that until you can say that statement with truth, and you can say that statement honestly, you're not going to have a very stable life. But that's what David said. You are my strength. Verse 2. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and and my savior or as the king james says my deliverer my god is my rock in whom i find protection he is my shield the power uh, the power that saves me and my place of victory and then i love verse 3 he says i called on the lord who is worthy of praise and he saved me from my enemies. Have any of you ever called on the name of the Lord who was worthy of praise and he saved you from your enemies? He saved you from the situation that you were in. And, you know, that lines up perfectly with Romans 10, 13, where it tells us anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we understand that that verse is primarily referring to salvation and, you know, uh, the salvation of your soul. But I believe we could also apply that to whatever the situation is that you're going through, that when you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. The name of Jesus, we know, is the name above all names. By no other name can we be saved. You can't call in anybody else's name and get healing. You can't call in anybody else's name and get the peace and the joy and the strength that you need. But in the name of Jesus, we have access to every single one of those things. Can we say that name together tonight? Can you say Jesus with me? Jesus. Amen the all-powerful, the almighty name of Jesus. And so we're going to break down these first uh, first few verses here a little bit tonight. And so number one, what I'm going to get out of this verse is number one is, the Lord is my rock. The Lord is my rock. And when I think about a rock right here, you know, we're not talking about some pebble, some little stone, some some little tiny thing. David here is talking about a Boulder man, the Lord is a rock. He's a mountain. He is. He's not moving. He's not going anywhere. And you know what's one of the great benefits of a gigantic rock? Well, it's stable and immovable. It's not going anywhere. No one's just coming up and pushing that thing out of the way. You know, uh, one of my favorite uh, trails I like to hike in Big Bear is called Castle Rock Trail. I took the youth group on it one time. They didn't seem to enjoy it as much as I did, but, you know, a lot of them didn't finish the course. And I'm like, I'm like twice y'all's age. You ought to, you should be up there running circles around me. But anyway, you know, but those that did, we made it to the end. And uh, at the end, there's this beautiful, gigantic rock, the Castle Rock. And you can climb this, and you can see for miles and miles and miles, it's this beautiful, giant Rock, and there is a bunch of boulders up there, and you know only God knows how long they've been there and what they've seen. But I know this much: they've been up there a very long time, and they haven't changed a bit. They're the exact same. They they haven't you know changed with the times, with the trends, with the fads, with you know whatever. They've been stable, solid, and consistent, and that's what I love about God. He's my rock. He does not change. I am not looking for a God that changes with the times. You understand that? I am not looking for a God that has to get updates and and you know uh, and, and change things and make adjustments. He does not adjust. He does not change because he is perfect. You know Hebrews thirteen eight tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever what else in our world can we say is like that that is the same yesterday today and forever there's nothing everything seems to change but jesus doesn't change why doesn't jesus change well i've asked this before but the 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 truth of the matter is jesus doesn't change because he's perfect you get that what could he change to what 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 adjustments does he need to make that would make him more relevant that would make him more uh, you know proficient at his job what changes could jesus make to possibly get any better he can't get any better he is perfect he is everything that we need he is everything that we want jesus is our rock he does not need to change and i am so glad that he doesn't change. Because if he had to change, that would mean that, well, at one point he was wrong. Or at one point he was outdated. Or at one point he wasn't good enough. But the truth is, is that he is good enough. He's better than good enough. He is everything. And so when David says, the Lord is my rock, don't just glance over that statement and be like, yeah, yeah, God's our rock. No, get a hold of this, man. The Lord is is our rock. No one is moving him out of the way. No one is pushing him around. No one is changing him. He will change for nobody. Jesus, our Lord, God Almighty, is our solid rock, and that is exactly what we need in a very unstable world. We need stability. You need the rock, and that's what Jesus is. I want to look here at Isaiah 28, 16, We'll be coming back to the Psalms a bunch tonight, but Isaiah chapter 28, and we're going to look at verse 16, and I'm going to look at an an application of of the Lord being our rock that we find in both the Old and New Testament. So Isaiah 28, and we're going to look at verse 16. Amen. Who's glad that the Lord doesn't change? I'm really glad he doesn't change. So Isaiah 28 and verse 16, and the prophet writes this, Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes need never be shaken. I love this. I love that it tells us right there that 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 Jesus is our cornerstone. It's safe to build upon him because there's a lot of things that people build their lives upon that they're not safe to build on that. That's not a safe foundation. In fact, a couple Wednesday nights ago, we looked in Luke chapter 6 uh, at the wise man and the foolish man. The wise man built his house on the rock the foolish man built his house upon the sand. And these verses align perfectly with that right there. And so uh, the prophet prophesied through the Lord that he said, I am going to place a firm and tested stone. Amen. And so. We're not experimenting with Jesus here. You understand that. He is firm. He is tested. He has already proven himself time and time again. Whenever I obey the word, whenever I do things God's way, it's not a roll of the dice. It's not taking a gamble. It is a sure and firm and tested thing. The gamble in life is not doing things his way. The risk, the chance is not doing things his way. And has anyone realized yet that God's way is usually not the way you would have done it? Anyone else? I mean, seriously. Uh, and and that's the great thing because his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not Our thoughts. As the heavens are above the earth, so are his thoughts higher than our thoughts and his ways higher than our ways. I am glad that God doesn't do things my way because my way has usually not been the best way. And so this is where it takes faith to follow the Lord because you do not understand everything about him. There's no way you do. Nobody does. He's beyond our comprehension. And so whenever the word tells us to do something, whenever the Lord tells us to do something, there's going to be faith involved, no doubt about it, because Hebrews eleven six, 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. If you want to please God, you're going to have to live your life by faith, and that's going to mean trust in God, even when you don't understand it, and so He is our cornerstone. The New Testament tells us the same thing, but you know, what is a cornerstone? That may kind of seem like a a foreign phrase to us or maybe not you know some sort of phrase that we use all the time well i kind of looked up a little bit of information about this and 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 so here's what i read that since ancient times builders have used cornerstones in their construction projects a cornerstone was the main stone usually placed at the corner of the project to guide the workers in their course the cornerstone was usually the largest most solid, and most carefully constructed of any in the building. The Bible describes Jesus as the cornerstone that his church will be built upon. He is foundational. You know that, right? Jesus is the key to it all. Now, listen to this part. Listen. Once the cornerstone was set, it became the basis for determining every measurement in the remaining construction. Everything else was based upon the original cornerstone. As the cornerstone of the building of the church, Jesus is our standard of measure and alignment. And so the very first piece of the puzzle to your life is getting Jesus set right there. Everything else is measured by that. Everything else is based upon Jesus. And so if you're going to put another piece of the puzzle into place, and it doesn't line up with Jesus, well, throw that one out and, and and try again. Get a new one. But it has to align with the teachings of Jesus. He is the rock. He is the cornerstone And every decision. Everything that we do in life has to align according to that measurement. If it doesn't line up, and you got kind of to toss it out and get a different stone, get a different piece to put in right there. And so Jesus can either be the rock that you build your life upon or he can be the rock that you fight against and stumble over for all of your days. And so he's the rock. You're not going to get around that. You can either build upon him or you can trip upon him and try to fight against him and do things your way. He's not changing. So we're going to build our lives upon him, not fight against him. And, you know, Peter put it this way. He, Jesus is the stone that the builders rejected. And some people, they he, Jesus didn't change, but they reject that rock. They fight against that rock. And we know that that's a losing battle. And so I choose, just like King David said all these thousands of years ago, the Lord is my rock. Can we say that together tonight? The Lord is my rock. And then number two, we're going to talk about one of my favorite Bible words. The Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my fortress. And I love, I love this part about God, that, that he's my fortress. This is one of my favorite words in all the Bible uh, because, you know, we've established this. Already, uh, over the course of our teaching together, that we are in a spiritual warfare. Does anybody know that? That spiritual war is real. And, you know, some people don't believe in that. Some people, you know, think that that's just being crazy. But no doubt about it, the Bible clearly teaches us, especially in the New Testament, that we are in spiritual warfare. And in Ephesians 6, you know, it tells us that we wrestle not, we fight not, Against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and mights and dominions. And well, what does all that mean? It means that we're fighting an an enemy that cannot be seen, but the battle is very, very real. And one great thing that you need to have, one key thing that you need to have if you're in warfare is you need a fort. You need a place of protection. You need something surrounding you, a place of safety. And all throughout the Psalms, you know, King David constantly talks about this. We know that David was a man of war. He was a war hero. He was, I mean, just a champion. You know, we're all familiar with him taking down Goliath when he was a teenager. But uh, beyond that, David fought many, many valiant battles and wars and won the victory time and time again and so david uses of uh, phrases that he's very familiar with and he non-stop talks about the lord is my fortress he's my Place of safety, my protection. He's where I can run to. You know, it says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to him and are safe. And so when we surround ourselves, you know, in the presence of God, when we surround ourselves with the name of Jesus. We are in that fortress, and the enemy is not allowed in the fortress. Amen? He's not allowed in there. And so a fortress not only protects you from attacks from the enemy, but it's a shelter in the storm. Do you know that? That, you know, it's a shelter in the storm. And I I really enjoy uh, studying survival type of things. I don't know. Some people may not think that's cool. But, I, I you know, I just I like to see what it's like. And when I'm in the woods, I like to test myself on my survival skills and things like that. But it's kind of it, – it's funny. If you talk to somebody that isn't familiar with survival things, or you watch a movie – You know, people get lost in the woods. The very first thing they start looking for is food. I mean, right off the bat, where can we find food? You know, where can we eat this? you know, which one of these people here is the weakest, that's the one we'll eat first, you know, dumb stuff like that. And the truth of the matter is this, is that in a bad survival situation, you can really, you can go three or four weeks without food, all right? That's not the number one priority. And in a, in a survival situation, most of the time, you could go up to three days without water. But in a bad survival situation, depending on how extreme it is, you could only go like three hours without shelter, depending on how bad it is. Shelter and fire are the number one uh, necessities in a survival situation. Yet so many people, they've got it backwards. We've got to find food right away. You know, we, we've been lost for 40 minutes now. We've got to get food immediately. Like, chances are you could go another 40 days and not die without food. But, you know, whatever. And so, so many people. And, and, and it's kind of funny to look at that. But then, spiritually speaking, you need to realize how important it is that you make the Lord your fortress, and your shelter, because in this world, man, we're going through storms. We're going through attacks from the enemy, and if you don't have a fort, if you don't have shelter from the storm, you're going to be hit with some very bad things that God wants to protect you from. And so I want to look at Psalm 31. Let's go back over there. Psalm 31. Are you still with me tonight? Psalm 31. Amen. And we got to get a hold of this that the Lord is our rock, our fortress, and our deliverer. Who's grateful that Jesus doesn't change? Amen. That he's our protection in the storm, that he's our protection from attacks from the enemy. He's our everything. So we're going to look here at Psalm 31. And again, man, this is another good psalm. I I say that about every psalm because they're all so incredible. (laughs) Psalm 31, here's what David says. Oh, Lord, I have come to you for protection. Don't let me be disgraced. Save me, for you do what is right. And so as I read this, you know, the question is, have you ever gotten yourself into an embarrassing situation? Am I the only one? You know, you've put yourself in a situation. We come to the Lord for help, and, you know, sometimes when we come to the Lord for help, it's because others have done bad things to us or bad things have happened in life. Sometimes I come to the Lord for help because I did something stupid and I put myself in a bad situation. And it's nice when I have somebody else to blame, and sometimes I don't have anybody else to blame but myself for doing something stupid. But right here, David says... Don't let me be disgraced. Now, maybe disgrace is trying to come against you, and it's something, you know, that you kind of invited in. Or maybe it's just something that was no fault of your own. But either way, David knew where to go. He said, oh, Lord, I have come to you for protection. He, he said, I I didn't go to my army for protection. I didn't go to all my money for protection. I didn't go to my people for protection. Lord, I have come to you for protection. Don't let me be disgraced. Save me for you do what is right. And when we come to the Lord for help, you better know this. He will not let us be disgraced. He will not let us be disgraced. And sometimes we may have to deal with a a little embarrassment or have to swallow our pride just a little bit, but God will see to it that we are not disgraced. You will come out on top. You will get the last laugh when you do things God's way. We always triumph in Christ Jesus. Can we get an amen tonight? Amen. We always triumph in Christ Jesus. Look at Psalm 34. Just flip over a page or two here. Psalm 34, definitely one of my favorite psalms, my top three favorite psalms, Psalm 34. <laughs> Psalm 34, and we're going to look at just at verse 5, Psalm 34 and verse 5, I love this. Actually, we'll just read verse 4, it won't be on the screen, but I can't help it, I got to read this too. Psalm 34, verses 4 and 5, says, I prayed to the Lord and He answered me, He freed me From all my fears. That's good news right there. He will free you from your fears. Look at verse five. Those who look to Him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. And so God has a way of turning what could have darkened your face with shame and turning it into radiant joy. Only God can do that. But you have to run to Him as your shelter and your fortress. Amen? You have to run to Him during the storm, not from Him during the storm. That's how good God is. And then the last thing we'll say tonight is this. Number three, number three, that He is my Savior. Or I really like the King James better on this. He says, He is my Savior deliverer. He is my deliverer. Amen. Has God delivered you out of any bad situations? Oh my goodness. Time and time again, he's been our deliverer, our savior, the only way out of some of these situations. And, uh, and, and, you know, whenever we rely on him, he has to get the glory because people know there's no way you could have got out of that. There's no way you could have overcame that. It had to be God. And if you read the intro to Psalm 18, I kind of looked at that right at the beginning of the service. But in the intro uh, to Psalm 18, it says that it was a song that David wrote when the Lord rescued him from King Saul and all of his enemies. And, uh, man, if, if you read First Samuel starting a... 17 is when he faces Goliath, but right after that, chapter 18, you know, over the last couple months, uh, the kids and I have been reading First and Second Samuel every day on the way to school, and we've got to just have a fresh uh, course on all that David went through. And sometimes we see these great people in the Bible, and we're like, Man, that guy was awesome. That guy was a hero. And you even see people in, uh, you know, in our, our society today, maybe people in the church and you're like, man, they're so awesome. They're so, they got such a good testimony. Well, you realize that they've got such a good testimony because they had such a big test. You wouldn't have read about David if he had never faced Goliath and then all the other giants and enemies. You never would have read about Daniel if he didn't face the lion's den. You never would have read about uh, Joshua if there wasn't a battle of Jericho. You never would have read about these heroes if they didn't overcome something really big and really bad. And so my dad's always said it this way, you don't have a big testimony without a big test. Now, none of us are looking for a big test. I mean, believe me, I'm good. I'm not not inviting any more struggles or troubles or storms into my life. I'm fine if I never have another one, but I know this much, that everything that comes against me, I always win because of Christ Jesus, and it just gives me another testimony. And so, we look at David's life and all that he did, but if you're reading All throughout 1 Samuel and into 2 Samuel, you'll see that he dealt with some bad stuff. King Saul chased him and hunted him down day after day. And yet David had such honor in his heart, he refused to fight Saul back. He just sat there and took it. And he even had two occasions where he could have killed Saul and nobody would have known. And David wouldn't let him do it. He had one occasion... If you're familiar, I don't know, it's kind of one of the more strange stories of the Bible, but I guess I'll share it very quickly, where David and his men were hiding in a cave. Here's David, the man that was anointed to be the king of Israel. He's hiding in a cave for his life. And all of the disgruntled people of Israel, all the men that were losers, joined him and became part of his group. they hiding out in a cave. Well, one day, as Saul is chasing them down, Saul gets right to the edge of that cave, and Saul is right outside of that cave by himself, and he's doing a number two, okay? The Bible doesn't word it that way, but he's uh, using the bathroom. And so David's men come up and say, we've got Saul cornered. Look, we cut a piece of his robe off. We could go stab him in the back right now, David, and end this whole charade. Just say the word. And David was like, you touch him I will kill you. You don't touch God's anointed king. And they were like, he's trying to kill you every day of your life. And David said, I don't care. You don't touch the man or I will kill you. And they're like, okay, jeez. And on another occasion, David was in a very similar situation. David refused to do this. And David had such honor even for the man that hated his guts because God made that man the king. Isn't that something to think about? And David said something that we always remember. He said, you don't touch God's anointed. You don't do his prophets, his preachers no harm. Even if they aren't living up to the standard, you leave them alone. That's God's job. You don't touch them. And, And that's what David lived by. And so years and years, David put up with this day after day one time he was hiding in a town and saul's army caught up and they had david cornered david pretended like he was a homeless crazy man he messed his hair all up was pulling his beard out was drooling on himself like he was crazy and people were like that's david they're like no that's just a bum that's not david let's keep going and this is david had to do all of this yet in the end he ended up in the palace he ended up being the king of israel But he went through some trash for a long time. And during those trash times, he repeated to himself, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. I will cling to him no matter what comes against me. And it took a long time. And sometimes, you know, Pastor Josh sang that song earlier. Walking around these walls. I thought by now they'd fall. Maybe you're going through something and you're like, Man, I thought that this would just be over with by now. I'm still, you know, I'm still fighting against this thing. It's okay. You keep fighting the good fight of faith. You are guaranteed victory if you do it in Christ Jesus. He is the rock. He's not changing. He's got this. But you gotta stick with him. He's gotta be the cornerstone that everything else is dependent upon and everything else is measured by all right and so he is our savior he is our deliverer let's go back to psalm 18 psalm 18 we're going to look at verses 16 through 19 amen psalm 18 verses 16 through 19 who in here knows that the lord has never failed you amen people may have failed Things may have failed, systems may have failed, but the Lord has never, ever failed you. So Psalm 18, and we're going to look at verses 16 through 19. And uh, this is continuing, you know, the same chapter we started off in. Psalm 18, verse 16, David says, He reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were too strong for me. And so he admits it right there. The enemy he was going against, they were too strong for him anyway. Uh, They were, he didn't say that they were enemies. He said they were powerful enemies. They were too strong for him. Verse 18, they attacked me at a moment when I was in distress, but the Lord supported me. Hallelujah. The Lord supported me. He led me to a place of safety. He rescued me because he delights in me. Those are powerful words right there from David, that the Lord rescued him. It was, the, the enemy attacked when he was in a moment of distress, but the Lord supported him. There it is. Don't ever think you're alone The Lord is with you. The Lord supported David. And the Lord is supporting you. Now I want to go down to verse 32. Verses 32 through 35. Verses 32 through 35. Because David continues on this. Verses 32 through 35. He says this. Hallelujah. I love this. He says, God arms me with strength, and He makes my way perfect. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. He trains my hands for battle. He strengthens my arm to draw a bronze bow. You have given me your shield of victory. Your right hand supports me. Your help has made me great. Hallelujah. What confidence right there from David. I, 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 I love his confidence here as he knows the Lord is rescuing him. He says, I'm sure footed. I can scale any mountaintop. I'm ready for any battle. And so when you finally understand that God is on your side, you're going to say stuff just like this that, Hey, the Lord has made me ready for battle. I could draw a bronze bow. I could take on any enemy. Because God is with me. And so when you've got this revelation in your heart, man, you've got some confidence. You've got some confidence knowing that you're going to win every single time. And I want to close out with a New Testament verse tonight. One final verse. Romans 8 and verse 31. Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. Romans 8 is also a really, really important chapter. Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. Absolutely love this verse. Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. Amen. And it tells us this. This is a verse you ought to highlight. This is a verse you ought to know right here. It's so powerful. It says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be? against us. Amen. If God is for us, who can be against us? And so you may be facing a giant right now. You may be facing a a great big battle. You may be facing something that seems impossible, but guess what? If God is for us, who can be against us? It doesn't matter what comes against us. We always win in Christ Jesus. And so tonight, you know, I think that Psalm 18 would be a great uh, chapter for you to look at frequently. Uh, you know, even if it's just those first three verses right there. But I love what David says. I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. He's my savior. He's everything that I need. And when we can say that and we can mean it just like David did, guess what? He's our foundation and it doesn't matter what comes against us. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Amen. All right. We're going to go ahead and stand up together tonight. Praise the Lord. I, I trust you've received something from the Word of God this evening. Amen. Pastor Josh is going to lead us in a little worship as we begin to close things out. I'm going to have my prayer team come on up tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you're here and you need prayer for anything tonight, it doesn't matter what it is. We want to be in agreement with you. We want to watch the Lord work in your life and uh, take care of any situation you're facing. But if not, you know, uh, just uh, worship God for a few minutes tonight as we close things out. Amen.
2: Your promise still stands And great is your faithfulness. you Your faithfulness Stands, and great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands, and this is my comfort. still stands how great is your faith
0: Amen. And I just want to remind you that Sunday, it's New Year's Eve. We're going to be here 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. And it'll be an excellent way to close out your year and get ready for the brand new year. So be here on New Year's Eve as we celebrate all that God has done. Amen. Let's go ahead and we're going to close in prayer. And then we will do our Barstow Faith Confession. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in the word of God tonight. And Lord, just like David declared, we can say the same thing. I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock my fortress and my deliverer and Lord we know that you're all of those things in our life help us to trust you to trust your word as we close out this year and open up the new one and Lord we already declare in the name of Jesus that 2024 will be the best year we've ever had yet Lord we thank you for it In Jesus' mighty name, and we thank you for healing for every household, every family, every individual from our church that needs healing. We thank you that we're healed and delivered from all these sore throats and colds. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, (laughs) let's go ahead and do our Barstow Faith Confession, and then you can be dismissed. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll see you on Sunday.